Backyard Green Films is proud to present this episode of Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Alara and her husband, Rick, travel throughout the land in their travel trailer, which they have nicknamed Bessie, bringing you stories about their travels and the people they meet. They visit farmers, ranchers, and just about anyone who loves putting their hands in the dirt or their feet in stirrups. In those travels, they have gotten to meet some very interesting people. Here's one of those interviews. Hi, this is Alara. Welcome back to our podcast. As you know, it's spring, which means it's time for all things to sprout, pop, and burst in the procreative sense. Planting or plowing season, chick season, calving and foaling season, or lambing season. Those are just a few of the chaotic periods that are going to be in someone's wheelhouse right around now. And mud season, of course. That one is big. And tornado season, too, right now. Damn it. Wish that particular season would leave everyone alone already. Our thoughts this week are with all of you who live in that area of the United States. I'm probably just wimpy, but I'd take a California earthquake over a Midwestern tornado any day of the week. you got to be a sturdy soul to live in that region. Okay, well, let's stick with the cuter side of things today. We're quickly approaching the Easter holiday, so some people are headed for church, some to the backyard for colored eggs, and some to the barn. Some to all three. But no matter what things you think about at this time of year, cute marketing campaigns or the nitty-gritty of a birth canal, you can't get away from fluffy sheep at some point in the mental meandering. Lambs and peaceful green pastures and frolicking and all that kind of thing. That's a particularly appropriate train of thought in our household, because our niece just got back from interning on a farm for lambing week. We're ruminating on sheep. (laughs) Never gets old for me. But grass comes up, too. Comes up. Get it? Okay, too much coffee today. But all that is because she was visiting a farm up in Albany, Oregon. Fun fact. Albany is purported to be the grass seed capital of the United States, according to the freeway signs. Sprouting season up there is quickly followed by allergy season, as Rick can tell you. But not all places where sheep are raised are gentle, peaceful fields of green. As a matter of fact, some of those places where they live are a little bit harder to get to, and they might require a sturdier animal altogether. Not that sturdy and sheep are necessarily opposites, but sometimes it's like the difference between a Lamborghini and a Land Rover. One type in a category just takes to off-road conditions a little bit better than another. We're going to talk about one of those hardy breeds today, and the family that raises them. We're bringing you a conversation on the previously little-known-to-me critter called the Herdwick Sheep. We found out about these compact little ovines last fall at the New York State Sheep and Wolf Festival, a.k.a. Rhinebeck. These quiet little guys were in a vendor booth for the Helder Herdwick Farm, run by Aaron Bratt and her husband, Ray. If you go to their farm's website, it says that they are home of the champion American Herdwick and the only fully documented and registered flock in North America. As we talked about before in our podcast, it's really hard to get a new breed established over here in the U.S. these days, and these people know it well. But Aaron took the time to have a quick conversation with us about it. This is one of those farms we really hope to support, so please follow the links in the podcast description to see their website and to see everything their farm and family has to offer. I'm leaning toward the felt-wrapped bells, which are supposed to be cat toys, but the fidget girl in me sees an addictive opportunity. 
Now, just to clarify, they spell their farm's name in a very Welsh-sounding way, Herdwick with a Y, as opposed to Herdwick with an I, H-E-R-D-W-I-C-K, which is how the breed name is technically spelled. Gotta say, I kind of like that creative thing. It brings a smile to my face. And it also brings thoughts of the mountains and whales to mind. When you hear more about this sheep, those mountains might come to your mind, too. According to the site visitwhales.com, they like their mountains rocky, rough, and tough. And this sheep would probably make it there beautifully. This creature is sturdy on the smaller side, and it looks pretty unassuming. But in actuality, these little guys are not originally from Wales. They're from the Lake District. That's up in the northwest part of England, probably within 100 miles or so of James Harriet's stomping grounds in the Yorkshire Dales. Herdworks were said to have been introduced to the region by the early Norse settlers around the 10th century during the Viking invasions. Wikipedia states that 99% of all Herdwick sheep are commercially farmed in that Lake District area. So they're a pretty specifically located heritage breed. That much of a concentrated population can make them vulnerable to things like outbreaks of foot and mouth. And in 2001, they lost 25% of the population to that disease. But if you want a sheep that's said to make it in bad conditions, this is the one. Their wool is pretty durable, and the insulating capacity is said to be amazing. Here's a wild anecdote that's attributed to Hunter Davies in a book called A Walk Around the Lakes. Supposedly, this protective layer of wool is so good, and the sheep are so hardy, that they've been known to survive under a blanket of snow for three days while eating their own wool. I gotta buy that book to read it for myself, but that's a pretty impressive quote, Mr. Davies. These little guys are physically interesting looking, but it also seems as if there's something going on in their brain, at least from my perspective. I know, I know, all the sheep people are shaking their heads at the thought of sheep and deeper thought in the same sentence, especially if you have to work with them a lot and you're in a hurry. Purely from the outside though, for some reason, all the pictures of them that I've seen leave me thinking that they're looking at me and saying, yes, what do you need? I have other things to do. Some of them are said to be pretty friendly, so even if they do mean business, they're not all snobs by any measure. They're one of those breeds that has a mouth shaped into a constant smile, so you're tempted to smile with them. There are a few farms in Britain that are making it on ecotourism, and you can sit for hours surrounded by the friendly critters, petting to your heart's content. But they are one of those animals that looks a little bit different from the rest of their general group. They're smaller sheep, set squarely on wider set legs. They're kind of the sheep equivalent of a hobbit, in my opinion, or something in that ballpark. Or something even wilder than that. Remember that old school toy called Wooly Willy, where you have a man's face on a piece of cardboard and you use that little wand to put iron filings in and give him a really humongous spiky beard? Imagine if you took a silvery white sheep and it was magnetized everywhere except the head and legs from the knees down and you dunked it in iron filings. That's what these things look like to me when they're unshorn. Uh, maybe a chia pet comes to mind too. Lightish or darkish brown coat sprouting on some and grayish on others, but silvery white head and feet on all. They call that whitish shade hoarfrosted, by the way. The rams have horns and the ewes are naturally pulled. And they're like a toy in another way. The babies are mostly born black, and they get lighter as they age. It's just like magic. And their claim to fame? 
Okay, well, you'd think it'd be from being around Britain for a thousand years after coming over on Viking ships, but these are known to many as the Beatrix Potter sheep. She had quite a few on her numerous farms and not only won prizes for her sheep, but she was active in the Herdwick Breed Organization over in Britain. If you'd like more information on the breed and you haven't gotten your fill from the Hilda Herdwick Farm website, you can also go to the Herdwick Sheep Breeders Association website at www.herdwick-sheep.com where you can get all the technicalities of the breed standard from the British perspective. We met Aaron and Ray and the little Herdwick sheep at the New York State Sheep and Wolf Festival last October. But like the little sheep itself, the booth was not on the front thoroughfare. It was tucked in the back, where not every one of the 40,000 attendees remembers to go. The back area at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds has some really cool stuff in the animal universe, including the non-touristy stuff, the serious farmers, and breed judging of various breeds and species the cashmere and other fiber goat shows and pens, and many other things. But the spot doesn't get visited unless someone really wants to go there. It seems to be filled with some of the more serious people, those that are friendly but mean business, the sturdy ones. I'm sure that maybe someday Aaron and the Herdwicks might move to the breed barns up front with the rest of the sheep and goats and camelids, but in a weird way, I kind of think they're right where they should be. And I also hope that if you make it to Rhinebeck this October for the New York State Sheep and Wolf Festival, well, I hope you head to the back and the road less traveled. The things you find when you take those types of routes in life can be wondrous. And I hope you follow us this year as we learn more about the amazing sheep known as the Herdwick. Rick and I have been saving and saving and waiting and waiting, but late this summer we are proud to announce that it looks like we're finally going to that side of the world in person to see some of the breeds we'd followed over the last eight years. We're not only going to Britain, but we're going to Cumbria and the Lake District, where the little Herdwick originates. We already have a farm stay picked out. It will be a true heritage trip, and we hope you join us in our adventure. And in the meantime, here's Aaron of Helder Herdwick Farm. Hi, would you introduce yourself, please? I'm Erin Brat from Helder Herdwick Farm. Now, Herdwick is a new one to me. Tell me a little bit about this sheep. They're fairly new to the country. They're not purebred yet. Um, we're up to 84.5% in our flock, and the genetics were introduced in the early 2000s, 2007. Okay, so you're still, I, I, I heard you speaking with someone earlier. You're in the middle of the breed up. Um, yes. Stage. So yes. what stage are you at now? Because that's five, six, seven generations? How? Well, it's multiple because we have not been able to get new genetics in for about 14 years. Wow. So this year there were three rams collected and imported that we will be using this fall. And that will jump our percentage up. We're up to the 84 and a half. We'll be into 92 by next spring. Fantastic. So I just, I'm curious, 14 years, why, if I can ask? Um, there's increased regulations with USDA and APHIS as well as um, failed collections due to, due to those requirements. We have to have the highest scrapie-resistant res scrapie rams, so they have to have a genetic codon of ARR, ARR, and that is not tested for in England. So that's something that held up a lot of collections and got rams bumped back out of the collection facility. In addition to a couple of disease outbreaks, um, such as Smallingsburg and 
blue tongue. Shut the doors for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. And then the original importer kind of gave up after those struggles. So we were finally able to get it um, started again last year. Yeah, that's and not an easy road to walk, is it? No, no, no. Yeah, or trot, depending on which way you right. look at it. So I'm looking at the, at the name, and can I assume that's Welsh? Actually, uh, the, we divided where, we're f where our farm is, uh -huh. in the Helderberg Mountains. Mm -hmm. So Helderberg is Dutch for uh, Clear Mountain. And Herdwick, which is based from the Nordic word Herdvik in England, which means sheep pasture. So we combined them and switched the I from the breed name for the Y. So Helder Herdwick to us means Clear Mountain Sheep Pasture. Right, now, I, my, my grandfather is shuddering at that because he was from Belgium. But yes, we forget that, that there's, there's, I mean, think about the textiles that came out of that region, the Low Countries. Yes. Quite a few. So now tell me a little bit about this sheep. You were mentioning earlier that they should have white faces. Yes. So these are um, a higher percentage. There are 77 and above. So they are showing the typical color of a yearling Herdwick. This is Aster and this is Frida. So they're born as lambs a solid black, technically, and their first summer, their faces and their legs turn white. And you can see some of the lambs have already, these were born in the spring, and their faces and legs are already white. Very fluffy looking sheep. Now, now where does this fall on the softness, hardness scale? It's coarse. It's very coarse, yet they look so, they look so soft. Yeah, well, They're fluffy. All wool can be cushy. <laughs> It is primarily used for rugs in England as well as outerwear. Herdwick tweed is a famous fabric made from Herdwick wool. Um, the, the fleece itself contains four different fibers. It has wool, a guard hair, um, kemp, and a heterotypic fiber, which is said to react to the animal's environment. And we do see in the hotter weather, they do tend to shed out some fibers in the heat. Now, smaller ears and a little bit of a smaller, like a Roman Roman nose thing going Almost, on Almost, yes. Yeah. Now, the small ears are derived because they've evolved for centuries, they don't really know how long, in the highest mountains of England, northwest England in the Lake District, Cumbria. So the smaller ears resist frostbite, and they do survive with their coat that they grow um, upwards of 3,000 feet with no shelter during the winter. Wow. Wow. So this hardy. is, a, and, and can I assume then that their nutrient requirements are, are smaller at that point yes, in time too, because very, they have to, yes, yeah. they get fat on weeds and very sparse um, vegetation. So it's actually a very sustainable breed, which would be very good to be increasing right now. I, I am right behind you on that one. Would you recommend this sheep to other people? Absolutely. They're, they're much easier to handle because they are a primitive breed. They're still a smaller size. So they're lighter weight, um, easier to handle, plus they take less input. They're low, or easy keepers, low input. And do you have to shear them every year or yes. every six months, or how fast does that work? We do it once a year. Um, it, that gets to about six to seven inch staple by then, which seems um, the, the hand spinners like that, and it, it makes a beautiful yarn. Yeah, I'm looking at your, your hat. That's lovely. Yes. Beautiful color. Thank you. Yeah. Now, if people want to find you and your farm, where do they go? Um, on the internet, we're at helderherdwickfarm.com, and we also have an online shopping from that site, and we're also on Facebook as Helder Herdwick Farm. Wonderful. Well, I just appreciate you speaking with us. Thank this you. is a new, sh new breed for me, and that's a, always a lovely thing to find, yes. isn't it? Yes. Life is interesting. Thank you so much. Thank you.
If you liked our podcast, please subscribe. This is how we keep going. And please ask your friends to join us. Please also feel free to post any comments or questions to our social media sites. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Backyard Green Films. Thanks again for listening. We would like to thank Aaron for joining us today. And if you'd like to find out more information about this unique breed of sheep, please visit Aaron and Ray's website at helderherdwickfarm.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next episode with another adventure. You have been listening to Agriculture with your host, Alara Bowman. Please tune in for upcoming episodes from our travels. I'm Rick Bowman, your behind-the-scenes editor. Until next time. This has been a presentation of Backyard Green Films Productions. All rights reserved. Copyright 2023.